Caboodles. Look, I was saying hello for like five damn minutes. Hold on. I... <laughs> it's bad. Yes. <laughs> like I was a Muppet or something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I am back. I, look, I felt like a Muppet. Like I was running them dead. The black Muppet. You know, the one that they would show up every so often. I felt like that for a minute. But hey, I missed y'all. Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, Shaunaka, and Shaquisha. How uh, happy holidays to y'all. Um, it's my favorite month of the year, Valentine's and February, which is Black History Month. So this was a perfect way, and it was not intentional. I was actually supposed to come back two weeks ago, but of course, you know, I have CP time and I showed up a little bit late, two weeks late, but I'm okay with that. So but that's what you get with the kitty. I mean, I'm the kitty of the city. I go where I want, when I want, how I want. And I just do these things. But this is the Cocktail Social, and it is about me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Cocktail Social, <laughs> and it is about having an adult conversation. And so that's what I'm here. And I am joined with my socialites, who I absolutely miss, Mr. Gilmore and Ms. DeCausa. I sound like that. That's sound like, oh, your last name. You do got an old name. <laughs> the one says. So, so what happened? Oh, wait a minute. Something happened. So don't mind me. I'm about to be a little bit ghetto, y'all, because my family is coming in with foods and, and, and bags from the grocery store. So the cocktail social is about to be interrupted by the, fam the people bringing the food in and stuff like that. So I keep it real. It is Baltimore. It is what it is. Y'all have seen people bring food in before, so pay it. Hi, family. They about to come in with all these bags from Walmart. Y'all, you got to eat, too. Hey, Joby. Over this weekend. What y'all got? What y'all got? Oh, my God. Hi, Joey. What's going on, Joe? <laughs> It is the cocktail social. What is you doing? I'm Miles. Hey. <laughs> he was. Oh, did you, shit, did Miles That's my voice. Did you see him put on a thug voice? He was like, yeah, yeah. Give <laughs> me in a minute. That's that's all. What happened? Uh huh. Huh. <laughs> I I heard you said something with your mouth parts. What you have said? Uh -huh. Not with your mouth parts, though. You heard me when I said it with his mouth parts. With he said something part. to me. So he just a little he got his burgundy on today, so he a little sassy. I do feel burgundy. <laughs> I feel I feel a burgundy <laughs> boygundy. Oh, anyway. So back to what we were talking about in the lobby. Subway tuna. Tuna. Not tuna. The scrapple. 
tuna. It is. It is the scrapple of fish, obviously. No, it's not. Scrapple good. That shit probably got newspaper in it. It's probably recycling. You've been wondering where our recycling been going. That's not the consistency and everything. Make your own paper. Paper mache. Paper mache this whole time. So you think we've been eating paper mache? I think so. Well, you remember when McDonald's used to do it, and now all of a sudden, two years ago, now they serve 100% beef. Uh, all of the like sudden. How you put that in your advertising? Like, now with 100% beef. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was it before? <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you, ever I was at the station, before I would go up, while I was up, I would come down and get a tuna fish sandwich. It started back at Coppin. I would eat tuna every fucking day. I know my mercury. Well, it ain't fucking. That's why I ain't got no high mercury in my system because shit wasn't real fucking fish. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Oh, my God. I was devastated. Like, what the fuck have I been? All them times you've been just chewing on it and didn't know what it was. Uh, I get them days. Nate, I'm like you. I get it all the time. I I'm so disturbed. I'm oh. so disturbed. So that's the only thing that I eat at the station. Like, like I would, I used to always get that, and that was it. And I would just get always a that chicken wasn't real because that shit just be sitting mm. out all day, mm. like mm. I'm mm. gonna tell you, but that I used to faithfully with that honey oat bread. Soon oh, they're the gonna tell us the bread is the bread is gonna be wood shavings mm. from somebody's old furniture that they didn't oh they've they been they've been using us to recycle. They've been recycling with our asses the whole time. We the garbage dumps they've been recycling with because all the shit that they feeding us is Yo. something that ain't right. The you fish garbage got herpes. <laughs> See, I should have known because the <laughs> sensation. Only had imitation crab meat in it. So something should have, like, but you know, that's how we make our seafood salad. You know, I didn't really think too much into that one. Yeah, because imitation crab meat is nothing but white fish. Like, yeah, like, exactly. You can pinpoint what that is, you know what it is. <laughs> it's paddock. Or right. Paddock and pollock. That's it. Oh my. Well, God. What is the tuna mixture, concoction that they call it? There's literally when they were advertised, it just says tuna blend now. It doesn't say tuna fish anymore. Tuna blended blend with what? Like potpourri? No. Not potpourri. Come on now. Don't do that. Paper mache now. I'm not even going. And so they just lost the customer. I bet you it ain't even mayonnaise. I bet you it's not even mayonnaise holding that shit together. <laughs> you know the paste that it had to stick and you just used to, yeah, that's what that is. It's paste. It's not even glue. That shit paste. But let me tell you something. I was tearing that shit up. I was a goat for however long because they were shuffling that shit down our throat. And let me tell you, I would I don't know. I was in there goating it out. I was eating the hell out of that stuff. How did you eat it? Like for me, I had to get the little banana peppers mm -hmm. and I would get a little bit of hot and I'll put a little bit of the um the honey fancy. mustard. Let me, tell you, let me tell you about my ass. My ghetto ass. I, I had to get it just tuna with a little bit of lettuce and tomatoes. And let me tell you, it had to be wet. I didn't like that dry shit. And no, if it was I always it, extra it, mayo. It had to be wet. I would get. I would call myself being um healthy, so I would sprinkle the spinach and. 
<laughs> I ain't never seen that before. We got a phone call. I'm going to tell you, before, but a couple of months ago in Europe, they could no longer call it bread anymore because it's not bread. It's, it's basically cake. He hung up. Oh. Oh. Call back. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> call back. I'm in the house. They call it. You see, I'm in the Hold on. And I have a cocktail. I I misplaced my cocktail. Oh, no. Probably call oh, no. That's very unfair. Right cannot now. misplace your cocktail. They probably said, man, I'm eating one now. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I made the switch. Because <laughs> we put, we spilling the tea about that cocktail that they over there uh, scoffing down. That fish cocktail. That's it. That's what that, that, that Subway sandwich is a fish. Cake. It's a coulage. <laughs> Not a coulage. coulage. Help us. I probably coulage. I probably this whole time and I never, that's why I needed all that shit. Because when I make food at home, I don't need all that shit. But then a little bit of onions, a little relish. And I don't normally put up. I, mean, I don't need all. Yeah, I'm the same. I can eat it just on the bread. Don't need cheese half the time. I can just eat None it. Of, I don't never add cheese. But Subway, I need to put it all on there. Like, yeah, but I, it makes sense because it wasn't tuna. I think deep down inside we knew. Because they were selling that that lunch meat from the summer program. So that's probably I, we should have known. We should have known. You yeah, know what? Let me tell you at this point. Meat, that shit is bubbling one day. We did, let me tell you about black people, and this is why I love celebrating Black History Month. Two of my favorite subjects, black history and love. I like yeah. to be able to, black history and love, and nothing I favor more than black love. Because I love one, I mean, let me tell you, I love some blackness. I mean, and I'm not, I am colorist, I ain't even going to lie. Because I love, I love only black. I love all shades of it. I like it from the, the caramel, yellow. To the Wesley Snipes. From Tisha Campbell to Wesley Snipes. From Wesley Snipes. You I love it. And I what I really love about us is because we've been we're resilient. And mm. in this month we get to celebrate the resilience and the uh, the creativity and everything. And I'm tied it into us eating this Subway sandwich because as we as we have learned how to season the shit out of some stuff and to the point where they are now figuring that, look, if we season this shit good, we're going to eat it. We're going to eat it. <laughs> My grandfather seasoned um, um, a marsh rabbit. Talking about I was in my 20s and found out that was a muskrat. Let me tell you what this brother did. He smothered it in gravy, added some rice. Okay, damn, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You've been eating I, I mean, I eat chicken. It was a whole muskrat. Yes. It's not mush rabbit, it's muskrat. If you go I to the market, to say I know it's a whole bunch of them whole tip praying to the winds niggas that be talking shit. But I will eat a pig foot as long as you make Baby, it. Baby, what you talking about? I discovered yeah. a baked. Give me a trotter any day. <laughs> we resist. Let me tell you, foot? they give us the scraps. We figured out how to season that and make that thing. Let me tell you, I don't know who in what their they mind. didn't give us was a tuna concoction. 
That's I will, you know, at least we knew what the hell it was. I can tell we, you. I don't it. know. <laughs> I can tell you chilling, and I can tell Wait you where to find it. Was as far as they could go with it. The cat under the bed. Uh, I really thought. Um, but we're expendable, so I mean, the, who to test the who? They this is the first. This ain't the first what? time they've tested this some stuff on us. That's why. Okay. Wait, because it's not real food. <laughs> was being healthy. I know I was fucking up with the brand, so I would get rats every now and again. Every so can I say something? I don't know who the hell, I don't know who, who supplies hip-hop chickens, them wings and hip-hop chickens. Virgin. First of all, I don't know. First of all, they need to be sued for um, killing babies. Because them wings is the wings of babies. Virgin. Them is cheering wings. They are and I, whenever I, I look, wait. <laughs> You remember I don't know which malnutrition bird, but every bird, there's never been a healthy wing Tyrone, in that though. batch. Tyrone's ever. used to have little wings. Yes. Tyrone's used to have real little wings. They be good as a motherfucker. They be about oh, little yeah. wings. Pigeons, that's some pigeon wings. Pigeon. You know got little ass wings? KFC has disturbingly small wings. Cause they're not. That's not real fucking chicken. That's that's right. not chicken. But you that's know what? We complain about little teeny tiny wings, but we also complain about them gargantuan wings. Like whose wings are those as well? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want no ginormous wing. There's something's wrong with a wing that's too big. I like all things big. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, you ever had one of them chickens? It's starting to taste kind of like Chemical X. Yeah, they don't have any real flavor when they get that big. It's, something is wrong with it. I, well, don't, I don't, don't know about you, but let me tell you my favorite chicken flavor. in the world I'm talking about Popeyes. them real big, ungodly ones. Yeah, something's wrong with it when it's damn near turkey wing. Even you turkey. Know, I love turkey wings. To be that you know, nigga, I love motherfucking turkey wings. You hear me? Oh, I only want a turkey party. wing tip. Just the tips. Just the tip. Just the tip. So we've been away for several, for a month and a few, and a week or two. What has been going on, socialites? What have the you been world doing? Things in that month. What you doing? <laughs> How White so? People Fill us in. I love it. Mm-hmm. White people went nuts. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they they actually went ape ape shit. They went ape shit. But dressed in buffalo clothing with a shaman. Now, you know, for all our hotel shit, we ain't never raided nowhere with a shaman. Now, I tell you that for damn sure. Well, they was wouldn't let us raid no said, Have you ever seen a crowd going ape shit? I can honestly say that I have now. And they yeah. was definitely going ape shit. They went ape shit. Like, they was monkey climbing the walls. <laughs> And swinging off of balconies, they literally yeah. went ancient. Mm. I'm. I still don't have words for that yet. I still don't. I haven't <laughs> formulated like my words are white people. White people. They didn't did this shit before. This is not outside of their character. It, but they were so ready. Like it was. They were so ready. Wait, hold on real quick, because we have somebody that just said Popeyes, and yes, I agree, Popeyes is blessed from God. It is heavenly sent, and all of the nations come together under the sign of Popeyes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) In the name 
so <laughs> that I willed my first real job at 15 and nine months. Yes, I started on 15 and nine months. Yes, because that was the age on the permit. Even willing to work in the village. I worked in Emerson Village, Popeye. That's how that's how much I love Popeye shit. You had a real love for it because them niggas. Yes, you did. I never, <laughs> I'd have been throwing chicken at it. Yeah. <laughs> used to get stuck up. Nigga, oh no. Grenade before, like it was the village. Like what's that way? Y'all remember them old school Popeyes that had an old lady in the window making the biscuits? Yes. That was the one in my dog. Oh, that, that was, was the- all of the Popeyes had that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and they, I don't that know. Like, I guess they went out and hired an old lady because she'd be in there kneading <laughs> and, and 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 rubbing. That was love yeah, in love them biscuits. It. Rub yeah. it like you love it. Kneading so and rubbing. Got rid of the Cajun rice and the string beans. Oh, the they, they still got string beans and they are still no, delicious. They gone. They gone. Oh, when Popeyes, they just when? got rid of them. The Cajun <gasps> rice and the string beans. They <gasps> said because they did a <clears throat> they did a test, and the audience said they uh didn't want those. I said it had to be white people. Lies. Their green beans ain't nothing but delicious. Pork in it, and then they kept that god off macaroni and cheese. They peddled up. <laughs> that fucking, and it ain't even like craft macaroni. It's like mm. these macaroni and cheese. That box costs like 29 cents. Like, I don't like uh, what that shit. Their green beans were nothing but the truth. They didn't ask the right people. Mm, I ain't eat those either. I only the, like that. Um, their red beans and rice. Let me call that them. was it. That was my thing. The red beans and rice. Oh. I was, man. And now, honestly, I, I might sound old, but I eat that coleslaw. Yeah. yeah me like too. That. I like that coleslaw. It's good. I eat that but, coleslaw. The right the coleslaw, real good. You gotta smell it first, cause if it has a smell to it, that means they didn't clean it. Don't coleslaw <laughs> if you got a smell to it. That means they didn't clean that cabbage. Oh, okay. That's a life hack for you. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't ate it funky too. <laughs> I only like my coleslaw spicy. I don't like a sweet coleslaw. Okay. All right. All right, I like cold spicy sauce. Cold sauce. No matter how you do it, sweet, spicy, I've just vinaigrette, mayonnaise, just slap <laughs> it down good. Miriam said that mac and cheese is a disrespectful mess. Uh, damn right, it is. It's just <laughs> it tastes like they trying to be like KFC. Like you got the market corner. You don't have to be but like KFC. That corn on the car be on the money though. Mm. Mm. Now you know what I used to eat the corn on the cob. I did back in the day. Back in and the day. And what stopped you? Not me, oh. because the corn would come out the way that it went in. So I said that's a problem. All right, <laughs> mm-hmm. digestive tract issues. I understand. Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna break down, babe. Oh, what a bit the, them lips and the people stand. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they see these DSLs going down on the on the corn tip. They be like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> Get the twenty shows in time. <laughs> I think it's show and tell. No. <laughs> Putting on shows and giving demos. Mm. 
Yeah, and back in the day, that wasn't lip gloss. All you had was Vaseline, and you'd be like, you just like smell on it, like yes, and eat. And you know, you know that the corn was buttery. So when yeah. you eat the corn, and then you, and it's nice and glossing over your lips. High blood pressure and obesity. Yes. Chick fil A's mac and cheese. I don't know. I never had that Chick fil A. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not as good as people making it out to be, but it's pretty good. It's like Caucasians to me. Now, but glory days, you want to talk about mac and cheese out in Publix. The glory days mac and cheese is something to to devour. Glory days? It's one of the better ones. It is is one one of the better better ones. Mm-hmm. But I think they put a stick of butter in each bowl they get, you know. <laughs> that should be greasy and oh, cheesy. Grease. Mm-hmm. Oh, grease. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. it greasy. So, mm-hmm. did everyone mm-hmm. get the... We talking about food and now I'm thinking yeah. I want to go get some Popeye's chicken from someplace. And... I'm loving that they open I- down the street. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I, oh, and they stay, they stay right now. Let me tell you something. How I'll go down there and I'll order about fifty pieces of wing. I'll get a, I'll get a family. They be looking at me like, oh, he is every, he is such a stereotype. Uh, okay. Okay, black-owned restaurants with bomb food. Let's talk about it. What is going? Because it is Black History Month. I'm just saying. Yeah, you need to look up. <laughs> is that Cardi B? Yeah, wow, Lord. Video. And you know, my first thought was, oh, then my second thought was COVID. That part. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And honestly, at before you said COVID, I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I was really looking at that. that like, this my good. mind wasn't in it. Just was went, oh. And then you, th- the way that you brought it back was like, but COVID. And then I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I, was, I had the same reaction. I was like, ooh. Then I said COVID. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm good. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Just, I'm stuck on that. <clears throat> but show it one more time. Show, show it again for the for the, show for the in kids the in the back. Show it for the kids in the back. You know, I think one of the most interesting things to come out of all of this in this new year is the the lengths that people are going to for attention right now. Mm. And, uh, oh, but it's not, it's even if you just look on your local Facebook page, the attention seeking behavior is at all time high. See, I'm not on the Facebook like that. You're right. But, uh, but it's not, and then don't even do just Facebook. If you know people, they doing some outlandish shit just to be seen. And loneliness is hitting different. And the coronavirus is mm-hmm. different. You said loneliness is hitting different? It, it is. is different. There it you go. is. Oh. You said I like chocolate. I mean, yeah. It may. She like yeah, Magic yeah. Johnson. Their money has the cure. Oh, I guess. I mean, but why? You know, I got to tell you, when I saw Magic Johnson at the Red Cross giving blood, it did give me a little pause. Like, hmm. how, Sway? <laughs> what, I'm going to tell you something. What so is the they still won't let gay people do it? Right. Do so, how, Sway? Get blood. 
If you are a man who has sex with men, you yeah. cannot give blood. Oh. Women can do it, but gay men can. That's oh, crazy as hell. My bad, because I definitely gave some blood. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, somebody going to be gay because my blood is tainted with a full helping of gayness. You get this blood in your system, you come out the window you know, and like... You say this blood got glitter in it. It come out sparkly. It's full of glitter. <laughs> News alert. For HIV care for trials. HIV trials. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's already underway. Quiet as kept. Yeah, I think that like a lot of times... Cool. Yeah. It's been... Sure. Yeah. They, they, had, uh, um, they, they don't rebound yeah. with it real... How does that work, though? Like, do you... Do you inject someone with HIV or is it that no, they, you... they definitely get someone who probably already has it because oh, okay. the first people who are going to be up for that cure are going to be people who are already uh, going under probably retroviral stuff. Now, I don't know if they're going to try to go from the article I've read. I don't know if they're going for the people who are undetected or if they're going for people who are, you know, where it's just replicating at too fast that they can't keep up. But, uh, you know, these same things where we talk about viral loads and everything in the same conversations you have with any virus. And um, even with coronavirus, they talk about what is your viral load for that. And mm -hmm. um, so as they've become able scientifically, because I think that's one of the things that is annoying me most about America is that we have this aversion to science. Like, um, we, we, just, paycheck. we just get really, like, they start saying science and it's like, people go, I don't want to hear it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> and it's the strangest thing. And it's literally the reason why everywhere around us is progressing much faster than we are. Um, but because the science is down there, because undetectable was something that everybody thought would never happen. And then, you know, even with the, I don't want to get into the whole anti-vax, vax or any of that, but just the science around the vaccine, the fact that it was able to be created as quickly as it was, even though it's based off of eight-year-old research from a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like this is all things that most of the world would welcome, but for some reason here when we hear science, we get like you know, we want to get all holy roller about it. Witches, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's I what Mary just, just said because thing. people act like science is the devil. Well, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the science. I think it's a history behind, especially like certain populations of people. Yeah, that's my thing. Oh no. Black people definitely should have issues when it comes to how government rolls out. That, that's my issue. But that is different from the actual science. And then when people say it should be transparent, it is. It's literally right there. But we have completely uh, distracted everyone from reading about it or even learning about it. Mm -hmm. That uh, now the only thing you're concerned about is her licking old girl in the video. And you only get your information from a conspiracist online. Yeah, and that's how QAnon got so big because people weren't actually reading about anything; they just were listening to some jackass who kept right. upping the ante every time something happened. Second, third hand information. Yeah, yeah, and it was crazy because then whenever one of their theories didn't come to be, it was kind of like those doomsday people where they just came up with something else, mm -hmm. and people blindly followed behind that. And I think that is, you know, the Salem witch trials is such a historical marker for this country because we still follow that thought process. And mm -hmm. I, I want to be very loose with saying we, but black people have been Americanized yes. to a point at this point where we do yeah. follow behind some of those processes as well. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's what Miriam said. That's the impact of historical trauma. 
Absolutely. Go ahead, Mary. Mike. Go on, you. Oh, let, me tell you. <laughs> I, let me tell you, Miss <clears throat> Spalding is one of the few women that, let me tell you, she is sharp. Sharp as a two-edged sword. And I wanted to actually invite her on the show, but she's so busy because of that smartness. She is very intelligent. Very intelligent. And then absolutely beautiful. I mean, I'd do it if I was straight, but you know, <laughs> I'm gay as the day is long, but I still do. <laughs> she's beautiful. I just say that to say she's absolutely beautiful inside and out. And so I would love to have her on the show. She has a lot of insight um, about a lot of things. Someone that, you know, picks up a book, reads it thoroughly, and then she challenges what she read. And she's going to even delve even further. Those types, and that's very rare. Huh? You have to read the book when you pick it up. Because a lot of people exactly. they don't exactly. exactly. So yeah, I think that um yeah, I would love to have her on for an interview just to talk about some things, you know. Just I'm to socialize with us, just to come on and talk to us about some things. But back to what you were saying, Mr. Um Gilmore. Um, I agree. I agree with everything that you were saying. I agree with everything you were saying. And I think honestly, when it comes to um a lot we're going to see a whole shift in medical because with this quote this virus did it it made a lot of people aware of how what it would look like if we were in a situation such as um when they were dealing with the um what is it the bubonic plague mm. situations that wiped out and even the like i think it really when it started to hit the pockets of the wealthy and um, when it started to really like businesses were beginning to shut down, that's when they started to really look at it and say, we might not, we might want to address this sooner than later because it's about to get really ugly. And I still think it has the ability to get there. I think that a lot will, I mean, just me personally, I'm glad that everything is opening up, but I know that the, the mental impact of this experience on individuals that were already under some constraints Mm -hmm. That's about you're about to see the repercussions of that, and that's not that's with the young adults and the the children. I mean, this is this is we're about to see a lot, I believe, and I'm just preparing myself for that because I believe that yeah, because we're going to need all of the um, we're going to need alternatives to what we've been doing because the stuff that we've been doing is going to be completely ineffective. But but we always get these huge shifts at the, I mean, at the beginning of the centuries. Mm -hmm. So there was the same huge shift during the 20th century where the things of the 19th century just did not work anymore. And they were no longer effective. And then it took, you know, something, well, for them, it took yellow fever, influenza, and a few other things that really shifted how everything started to become. And I think that this is one of those shifts where we can't keep, you know, doing the same things from the 20th century that did not work and expect them to work now. Yeah, Miriam said, oh, go ahead. Ooh, I was done. That was it. Oh, Miriam said, our people fail to realize that these days we struggle as a people with socioeconomic dynamics as opposed to the racial disparities. Your brother ain't always your brother. And that is the truth. You better come on now. Yeah. That ain't nothing <laughs> but the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> She said we have to be able to balance our approach to factor in historical and ongoing racial dis- 
disparities juxtaposed with the realities of shifts in socioeconomic placements of so many of our people. Yeah, I'm, you better say a word. <laughs> she definitely needs to come on the show, like mm -hmm. point blank period. I'm just, I'm really glad that the election went the way it did because, you know, we're learning now that, you know, Trump didn't even have people full time dealing with this crisis. So that's how it's gotten to the extent that it is right now because the really on this, handling it like on a day to day basis. And I don't understand how anybody can look at the numbers of people who not only contracted it, but mm -hmm. died from it and not take it seriously. And it's still people in the Congress right now who are saying that this is all made, it's a flu. Well, think about the same, these are the same people that have been filling concentration camps in this country on this yeah. land in this century with tons of, and I'm not going to say Mexicans because they're all, they, they cover all of oh. that area of Latinos or Spanish people. Mm -hmm. And they've been completely traumatized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and we've all been complicit in it because we didn't know as much as we thought we knew about it. We didn't think it would go that far. And whenever I, I think this is one of those moments for teachers when you hear kids when they learn about the Holocaust and slavery and they say, well, how did people just let this happen? This is how they let it happen. You were still working. You were still doing your thing. You were still had to get shit done. And you just compartmentalized everything where you thought it was awful, but you didn't know what to do and you didn't know the you full know. extent of it until it was over. We're only now getting ready to really find out what the hell is happening. I yeah. mean, that we had some amazing black women in Georgia who whistle blew the whole fact that they were sterilizing women. Um, and they went after those nurses too. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's so much that happened. There are kids that will never see their families again. Yeah. And, um, there are women and men and children who have been molested, who have been raped, who have been tested, who have been all type of things. And who have been trafficked. In this country, in the 21st century, and that should be recognized because when we keep saying it can't happen again, they just change the way you do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so it doesn't quite look like it in the beginning until it actually happens. It's unfortunate because this man and i guess we can't even put it all on this man but the people who he put in the positions who he did like from education to housing i guess they were so out of touch with the people who they were put in position to serve it was just it was unbelievable is the only word that i can use to describe what happened in the past for six years. I want to believe it's just unbelievable. I want to believe that they were out of touch, but the level of evilness that erupted over the last four years, it, it's not new evil, but that was pure evilness. It's nowhere in the world that these people are so out of touch. And I understand what you're saying, but that was an evilness. That was something that was purposely done. I don't, but I don't, you mean by Trump or by the people who he placed in position? I mean, both. I mean, that was, that was, that had to come from both sides. It's the level of evilness that, that existed uh, from people who were put in those positions. The Congress, those people had been there for years. That, that had already existed, but 
just that the people that he put in those special positions, this, you know, I, I don't ever think, and, and uh, what's his name, used to be a real hero of mine. I met him in middle school and saw that movie that came out about his life from not being able to read to now being a neuroscientist. He used to oh, be big Carson. Mm -hmm. So the, to understand that someone who came from where he came from can have that same level of evil. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm so glad you brought him up. And this also goes on to something that Miriam has said that I wanted to kind of piggyback on, I guess, to finish my piece on it all. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, for what both Nate, for both Nate and Karen are saying, I think we all underestimated how if you threaten white privilege, the lengths that white people will go to fight to keep it. Yes. That they will completely let go of anything, any rational sense. And this went from across economic lines, across education background. The fact that white was in trouble <laughs> or that they were going to lose something, they responded in survival mode. And when I look at the Trump president, <laughs> yeah, I see yeah. white people in survival mode. Yeah, you know what? And that's but all I saw. And yeah. uh, and just to just to, just to finish up at this mm -hmm. point, ben Carson, one of the things about white privilege that is so disturbing is that it doesn't just affect white people, and that for it to work, that it needs everyone to be a part of it. And one of the things that has made me so sad, and not all black men, but a good number of black men have really exposed themselves in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And I think that as our community, as we have to deal with things, we're really going to have to deal with the fact that there are way too many black men who are okay with that dynamic of white privilege and how they can gain from it and how they can use it, the rules of white privilege and how they can use it in the black community to subjugate women, to subjugate, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody who is gay, to subjugate anybody who is any way different from the straight black male trope that has been set up for us by white privilege mm -hmm. that um you know ben carson is is one of those people that he benefited from it and now he's going to uphold it but it was it was amazing what you're saying it was amazing to me the types of black men who were waving the trump flag knowing <laughs> Knowing how much that was hurting us in the process, mm -hmm. and it, black women. What about those two ladies? Yeah, those two. You know, those two ladies. They were they were used and paid, and they were paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and also, I'm and they honest. represent such a small number. Yeah, but if you look at the number of black men who voted for Trump a second time. And then the same black men who, when you move the conversation of Black Lives Matter away from black men, like, I mean, when they were protesting this past summer, there was a transgender woman who was beat by a group of black men and women, but it was led by men and women jumped in because the men said something to them, who was saved by very conservative Muslim men. Now that just that should blow your mind right there in the middle of all of that. But it it makes so much sense to me because when Tamir Rice was killed, you have an eight-year-old who was murdered within three seconds of police arrival. Wow. That is when we should have fucking burned everything down. Yeah. But because he wasn't a black man, 
we're not, we don't have the same trigger to go out and fight. Mm-hmm. It was black women who had to really push for Breonna Taylor for us to be like, okay, this is just some bullshit. We got to fight it. But because we haven't been triggered and moved in that way and conditioned in that way that we've only been conditioned that if black men are in trouble, then that's when we need to fight because black men, yes, everything you say about black men and how they come at us, is all very much true, Mm -hmm. but we can't use that to rule over our community though. But you saw the swell happen once they realized the origin of black lives matter. Once they uncovered, who really started that organization? That's when I saw the throes of black men change their and pivot, and it was devastating to me. Mm. It would drop any progress that we got, all because it was uh, allegedly a lesbian who was the co-founder of this organization. Yeah. I, I saw some um, video footage online of them speaking out, and I, it troubled me. It really troubled me um, to see the 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 cancerous how we become cancerous amongst each other, um, and that's been a, that's a condition that was designed to be that way. That's why it's so effective. You know, um, we always sit back like at the top of this. Um, the segment we were talking about experimentation, but we've always been experimenting. You know, um, that's just it, it. Breeding us for work, breeding us for roles, doing we was always experimented on. And the thing is, is the way to keep us divided was to you know exacerbate those differences. It's funny because a lot of those black men that you were speaking about are individuals that would believe that they were not treated. They didn't feel as though they were a part. I've had a lot of conversations with black men that said, I didn't feel like I was a part of you. Yeah. And that, and because they connected with that energy on that side, the ideologies that say, this is what I'm, I'm, we feel the same way about some things because I went through that too. I feel like you feel. So it's I, been, yes, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that's and, why uh, Moonlight was so. It was a great movie because it told a black male story. But and they could not that, deny the story because he looked just like them. Exactly. There was nothing about the story that you could separate yourself from. Mm-hmm. There were always little pieces of it that completely told black male story. No Absolutely. matter what kind of black male you are. And it told our story. And I think I agree with you. We are, if I think if we learn to accept the fact that we were brought in this com- this country as capital uh-huh. and there's nothing more than capital mm-hmm. and that we're still seen as capital and still used as capital, mm-hmm. that it may help shift how we respond to so many things. I, something interesting happened uh, this, this month. And it, it started with... Um, Sicily Uh-oh. in a way. And once once uh she did, I, I did a show and I kind of talked about a lot of her movies. And I began to watch all of her movies in the last couple weeks. And one, hands down to her for sacrificing a superstar career to do work that tells our direct story. And all of her movies dealt with 
just the, the weight of oppression that we had. And whether it was a quote unquote slave movie or something from the 70s or the 80s, and it, it just, it just, it, it made me look at black history a lot differently. It made me look at her a lot differently. It made us look, it made me look at me a lot differently. Yeah. Just, and it just, we have so much to do and we are our own worst enemy. That's why I, I'm out of all my heroes. I was, I was so taken back by, uh, I can't even say his name. Um, I really, his name just escapes me, but I, he was a hero because of how far he came, but somebody can still detach themselves from their origins and from their culture for the pursuit of power. And what else did you get from that? You already had prestige. You already had awards and accolades. It was just- oh, Bill Carson. Yeah, right. Ben Carson. Uh, Acceptance. Right. Except, I think that we discount, even within our own, on a micro level, how much acceptance and the lengths you will go for acceptance and how you will change your whole person for acceptance. I know that one of my um one of my family's generational curses is acceptance. Mm. And it has I've seen it in in every generation where something happened and they were not accepted and then you see the slide. And so that is something I always keep right here because I always have to remember that so I don't you know continue to be a part of that curse. And um with Ben Carson, every time I saw him, it was always like he just really wanted somebody to see him. But he wanted white people to see him. It wasn't so much that we saw him. He wanted white people to see him. And yeah. I think One of the about things that, that I hated the most was when Donald Trump was like, look at my black. But I mean, but how <laughs> many other people say, I mean, Paula, uh, Paula, the, the butter lady, the, the chef woman. Paula Dean. Paula Dean, when Paula she Dean. Met her assistant and she told him to get off the wall because he was so black they couldn't see him. And then she would talk about how much she loved him and he's just like one of the family. And he stayed. And then even when everything came uh, out, he supported her and stood by her for that. That is, that is, we have a lot, we have a long way to go <laughs> with, with socialization. And watching did. a lot of young men who actively will look for a back door when they go into the front of a door, one of my, one of the most heartbreaking stories, I took one of my groups. Uh, these are all young men who were either in the jail system or freshly out. They were all teenagers. I took them to the Walters Art Gallery. They walked in the front door and shut down. They tensed up. They didn't know what to do. They were ready to go. They kept saying, Mr. Gilmore, we're not supposed to be in here. Mm-hmm. And they were, and then when they wanted to leave, they didn't want to leave the way they came in. They wanted to go out a back door. Mm. So, you know, of course it had to be one of them whole lean on me moments right there. But, you know, but the fact that that is still ingrained in so many of our youngest Cause members, it's that says a lot. But you know what I will say, this is what I really appreciated about Cicely Tyson and actresses like Cicely Tyson. And you're absolutely right. Um, Marion spoke, um, she stated that um, Cicely 
um, had superior work ethic and maintained the integrity of her beliefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, absolutely. What I absolutely appreciated about her was the fact that she um, encapsulated the role of a teacher. She had that um, in her works, she was always, there was a message. He made her life a message. She made what she was doing in her work a message. If you just look at the catalog of the things that she did. And I think that that's the role that has been missing from our society for so long. Adults don't know how to adult because adults are too busy being children themselves. They don't know that with their age, that wisdom that many adults wanted to achieve, wanted to get, you know, even in their their the in their um spirituality, their growth is dependent upon the wisdom, the amount of insight that they've obtained. Mm. And it's not she, only that, but then you have a responsibility to then pass that wisdom on to the generation exactly, coming Exactly. Exactly. Artists like Cicely Tyson, um, Felicia Rashad, those artists know how to look back and say, I'm not going to come down to, no, I need you to get to where I am. And in order to do that, I have a story to tell you. And they can command your attention because they know that when you speak, you sound like you have something to offer. Like the food is going to be good. We got this like, it's really, it's really um, the artists you know, they didn't have these artists now. Their addiction, their to me, is attention. That's the drug. The new drug is attention. You know, no one. You know, before it was taboo to be naked. Now everybody naked. <laughs> they yeah, humping all over the whole place. Silhouette challenge right now. That's that's yeah, what you need. They all over the place. Everybody that? wants to to the point where now you know who's afraid. Actual artists that were paid to entertain. Yeah. Why? Because they have nobody. They now they're seeing that everybody can do it. There was not. There's no now. There is no standard. There's no. I don't need to go to school to do this. I don't need to practice that. I rap because I can rhyme. That that. <laughs> famous for the sake of fame, not necessarily because it's. And I don't have to rhyme. Now mm. I can just say a long run-on sentence and put a beat behind put a beat it. Beat behind and it, and you good to go. And you this, don't actually have to be able to sing. I'm, you don't carry your tune. I'm not so a now, believes everything is about a classroom. But when we when we devalued education and higher education, that was that was the it for us. Now they've got these white people telling us we can go to test community college and we can go to job corps and get a trade. I hate when I, and I know everybody. But you know, Nate, I think that that's a double thing though. I feel like there's a part of it where on one hand, they push too hard for everybody to go to college, Mm -hmm. a traditional four-year college. And then on the other hand, they may have pushed too hard for everybody to go to trade school when we should really start getting to the point where we push people to be in the best that they can be and learn how to do it. Because I can't, I think plumbing is art. The fact that I heard this guy come in and he literally could tell where the block was in the pipe just by hitting the wall. I said, 
But that's a. How that, did you do that? <laughs> but but we shouldn't devalue that either. I, I, that's that's my overall point is that we need to value higher education, and then that test is part of higher, and that all of these are part of higher. But we shouldn't have white people tell us what that looks like and what it means. Yeah, because everybody learns this. Them, we was allowing them to guide us, guide our children, guide us. Yeah. Because that, that means he was meant to be a plumber. Stop sending people to tests that's supposed to be a teacher. Stop sending mm-hmm. to college that's supposed to be, you know, a but with the, if I hear one more dude say that, hey, I'm like, what's your major? Oh, I'm an accountant. Do you like accounting? No, they make money. So basically you turn college into test too because it's just job training at this point. You're not even, you're just there for. You, so, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. That is the absolute truth, and that is the greatest cause of burnout amongst individuals that's dealing with human services. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that we all deal in human services. Yeah. Because we all have to interact with people. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, is when we get in here, the, 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 I mean, it is, it just really, really baffles me. Yeah. I feel like, so I, I learned something a long time ago. You know that, um, the scripture train up a child in the way that he should go. Mm-hmm. The the actual translation is train up a child according to his bent. I think the word is, and what it means is according to his natural inclination. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you see that a child has a natural affinity towards taking shit apart and don't beat them, like teach them how to do it in a constructive way. That child may supposed to be a mechanic or it's supposed to be a carpenter or a HVAC person. Like I feel like our children are institutionalized from the time they are small until the time they are grown. I feel like that is something I feel like it's a I don't know the word I want to use to put on it, but I just feel like hey, it is crazy beautiful unnatural to our to our our kids. I feel like we decide how our children are educated. And I feel like that our children should be put into cohorts according to how the, how they learn. They should learn our culture. They should learn how to develop and grow according to, I don't know, maybe my thoughts are way too lofty on this thing because we have to learn how to like the conversation that we had a while back. We got to get ourselves together as, men and women we have to unify as black men and black women so that we can raise our black children in a healthy environment because right now it's just not happening and i don't know Get across. i went off on a tangent real quick i'm sorry but it's, it makes sense because walk in your lane like do right. what you're here to do look how many look how many nurses keep getting fired and arrested because they beating up exactly it's not exactly. Exactly. exactly and that's and, a payday yeah. and that's because of that that's because um a lot of professionals they burn out because of the fact that they don't have that encouragement to do what it is that they feel connected to do yeah. a lot of people are in positions and doing things that they they've been pushed to do because it makes money a hustle and that's not it's a hustle this is where you're going to get this is how you're going to just make six figures and then they get into these positions and they fall out of they lose themselves a lot of professionals lose themselves because they're in places that they didn't want they don't feel satisfied 
there are a lot of creatives who are stuck in white collar jobs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And also because of what we've turned um, the entertain like individuals that want to go into the arts, the way it's become so elitist. That's because the, and not art. Yeah, it's very elitist, and so people can't just do what they want to do how they want to do it because now they're compared to the best of this. When their best is doing their own unique way of doing it and presenting it, but they're now molding themselves to be like this. I have to do like, I have to sound like this person. I have to think like this person. I have to move like this person. I have to look like this person. No one's taught or no one's being trained to be okay with being your unique self and going after the things that you feel passionate about. We are, we placate ourselves. We are like, dangled with money. We, we jump to money. We move based off of what people believe will bring us this clout and attention and money. Right. Rather than do so, things to fulfill ourselves. But there was a shift in that. What'd you say? Had, there was a shift in education and all of that, especially when um, I was younger. And, you know, for all of my 1984 babies, y'all may have recognized it. Um, when we were younger, it was all about how many extracurriculars you were in? Yeah. What classes oh you were gosh. in? What school you were in? You had to be with this group. You had to be with that group. You had to know how to do this. You had to know how to do that. There were so many expectations and so many things that you had to do that you never were given the space to figure out what it is that you wanted to do. You were just kind Absolutely of assigned exactly. something. You know, and for me, it was uh, I like to write. So because I like to write, everybody was like, oh, you should be a journalist. So that's what my focus was from middle school up to my second year copping was I was going to be a journalist. I applied for journalism grants all through high school. I mean, I ain't going to lie. I was good as shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it worse (laughs) because I was good at it. Now the pressure was every summer I had to make sure that I was in a program that sent me to this place. So I was working with the African-American Journalist Association, Asian-American Journalist Association. I was in this program leading to this. And there was so much I still didn't know how to do, but because I could fake it really well, everybody thought I was like, oh, he got it. And when I got to copping, it was the first time I had a teacher that saw me and said, you don't want to do this and you are unhappy. And I remember I cried. I just like big nigga tears, just, just (laughs) (laughs) because it was just like, no, I don't. I hate this. I, I love writing, but it was not, if it had to be my profession to be a journalist, I would lose my mind, but I know how to do it. And it has paid off now because there are things that I could do for myself that if I want to write, then I can write. But if it had to be my job, if right now I had been 20 years into journalism, I would probably be 10 pounds on crack, shaking in a corner, putting out articles because in my gut, it was not me. That was and not I the big hate it. And all I could think of was, you know, Jesus was a great carpenter, but that wasn't his calling. Right. That was not his his move, his move in life was to, to build chairs for people, even though he could do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, I know exactly how that is, because when I was back in the day when I was home, I needed a real job. And um, it's apple juice, everybody. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Just the way you said it, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you know, I think about those days and I'm like, you know, I don't want to go back today. I needed a change. I didn't like that job because it wasn't, I couldn't be all that I wanted to be. I was just, 
So now that I'm in the profession that I enjoy myself and I'm still helping people, but just in a different way. I feel good about myself. Yeah, I just feel like you're supposed to be at though. It's not always as black and white as we try to make it out to be. Mm-hmm. And living for other people, it creates a level of anxiety that makes you fearful of jumping out there and um and doing what it is you're supposed to be doing. Um I saw something I'm Pinterest is my is part of my nighttime routine. Don't judge me. That's correct. I'll okay. let you know that. I, don't, I, say, I love Pinterest. Are you crazy? My boards are all shit. So <laughs> much on Pinterest. Let me tell you, I got so many folders of subscribe. So much random crazy shit. Me That's- too. It's <laughs> really a part of my nighttime routine. And I happened to come across um a saying that said, a head full of fear has no space for dreams. Hmm. And I I actually wrote it down as part of our discussion for tonight um, because I went to plug shameless promotion, not for myself, but for our friend, um, Nicole Belvedere, who is blogger extraordinaire of any oh, wish. It's our birthday. By Nicole Today Belvedere. is our birthday. Happy birthday, Nicole Happy Belvedere. birthday Ms. Belvedere, girl. We have to do lunch. Thursday night, any which way, Nicole Belvedere, any which way, mb.com. Hey, girl. Um, she hosted on January 9th, the Power of Vision uh, Vision Board Workshop. I attended via Zoom. It was awesome. And I thought I knew what vision boarding was. I didn't, not really. I thought it was like middle school with the poster board and the glue sticks and the magazines, and I wasn't really here for it. Um, but she gave me a better understanding of planning and things like that. Absolutely. And it's good to kind of put your dreams out in front of you mm-hmm. to kind of give you that encouragement and that push to like just effing do it. And one of my favorite um Another blogger, and she now has a podcast, um, Lovey Ajayi, um, who does, um, uh, I can't, oh, Lord, what is her thing? Anyway, Awesomely Lovey. Yeah, she's currently doing um, a challenge um, on her podcast called Fear Fighters. She's doing a, um, a Fear Fighter challenge. And so basically, like, you kind of got to get out there. And she said that. Being fearless doesn't mean you aren't afraid. It just means that you aren't letting fear make you do less. Girl, you better say a word. Yeah, and so just like, that's like my 2021 challenge. You know what? It's not let fear make me do less. Like all of the things that I say that I want to do for myself, I'm just going to do it because why the fuck not? You know what I mean? If you're having issues with uh like the vision board idea like it's is is another another step to that is getting an accountability partner because it'll help you stay consistent but that was somebody not a, a trauma buddy right <laughs> a toxic friend but guess right. who is going to keep you on board and that you can then give accountability to as well Yep, she and she explained about having a planner as part of your accountability and not like holding yourself to like super strict deadlines, but like maybe breaking your year up into quarters or semesters, something that is more 
attainable goals, using smart goals and things like that. Like it was an awesome seminar. Um, quarters thing changed my life. I ain't gonna lie to you. What'd you say? That breaking it into quarters changed yeah. my life. Yeah, I would try to take everything. Like I got to go do it now. Like yeah, it was super beneficial. Like <laughs> not necessarily having some board that you got to pin to your wall, but maybe even just having like a picture frame with just words that only you know what it means. Like something very. We got to have Nicole Belvedere on the show. Plug. There it is. Well, uh, <laughs> that is, that's without a doubt. Because I, honestly, I'm, I'm, that is something that is amazing to do. Yeah. Um, it gives, and a lot of times, I'm even myself. Um, this, this that I'm doing, this, this whole cocktail social for me is a yeah. part of that. Um, because of the fact that I suffer from social anxiety, believe it or not. I, I know something about it. Stage for rights. Yeah, you are um, not alone, bro. And I'm always in situations because I'm an I'm an introvert, believe it or not. Um, I'm extroverted in and I do a lot of extroverted stuff. I love and you know, I, I can give you energy, but believe it or not, I'm more inward. Um it's a challenge for me me to actually really speak um and i practice this is my practice you know um to do what i do every day and i'm it, even though it may appear easy for me it isn't the reason i do it is because one when i was growing up mental health and those things were frowned upon so you didn't get the appropriate supports to help you through some of those barriers those fears um and so some of this stuff is ingrained in our psyche from generations to from generations on top of generations on top of generations. And we need to undo that. And I'm glad that we're moving in that direction of healing uh-huh. because stuff like that helps you heal. When you give yourself time to do things, when you give yourself some patience, when you, tr- you consider your mobility, your ability to get to the next level. You assess that before you just jump out there and do it. We're getting back to those things. We're getting back to where we actually are considering ourselves and valuing our goals, our dreams, ourselves. And instead of existing, actually living. Because for a long time, Black people have just existed. And it's time that we start to live. Damn right you can have everything that you want. It requires work, but you can have it. And it requires strategy, but you can fucking have it. And nobody has to have it by tomorrow. And even if you don't have it by next week, like be kind to yourself and understand that you are a human being. You know, you can only eat the elephant one bite at a time, like point blank period. Last weekend, I saw the realization of a dream that took 10 years of hard fucking work. Hard, agonizing work. It was more fall-offs. There was sickness. There was you can't. It was closed doors. There was you can't do it this way. And um, I literally got to stand and see it happen. And there. You know, there's no going back from it. Once, once you see 
what all of that was for. And once you see what what can happen, you know when I when I say thou prepares a table uh, a table in the presence of my enemies. My enemies aren't people. My enemies are my anxiety. Mm-hmm. My, my enemies are my depression. My enemies are everything that I've set up around me, every wall, everything that I've done to kind of to, uh, change myself from the person that God made me to be to fit who everyone else wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And so when I stood there, there was a moment literally just standing in it. And it hit <laughs> all at once. Everyone who's not here, everyone who put into me, every, and it just hit. And once you do it, I, I swear to you, it is an investment. It is hard and it is work. 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 But it's the best thing on earth. <laughs> it really is. And so I implore everyone to, to feed into their passions and find people around you who are willing to feed into your passions and then feed back into their passions. This should be reciprocal. And, um, that's and you village. and your team just go and make this fucking thing work. Yeah, your village, your team, your 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 congregation, whatever the hell it is, you need to because you really you probably could do it alone, but you don't want to. Not at all. You really don't. I'm telling you, I tried. <laughs> I tried, and uh, it was so much better with the, with the people I love around me. So I don't know if that's a. Uh, um... You know, I'm starting to get into the the signs and signals of life and shit. So I don't know if that's a a Gemini trait, but that it is. <laughs> that's some shit for your ass when you realize you can't be everything to everybody for every reason and and still be a balanced, sane individual. That shit is that's, that's straight up Gemini. You you didn't preach my whole Gemini story. <laughs> you caught a word there, uh, uh, mate. It was like because that's. I mean, I just I'm getting older, so mm-hmm. I you can't do everything. That you know you can't do everything yourself, as you were saying. Like I was listening to it. I had taken light of my chalupa. Uh, <laughs> but that was because it was the tea was that was a tuna sandwich from Subway. That was the tea. Oh, oh no! <laughs> you had to see for yourself. That was the tea you had to see. Oh man! I'm gonna eat it one more time to see if this is imitation tuna because I think they lying. I think it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I, it's paste. It's paste and paper. That's all. Decoupage. <laughs> 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 And I said because we're both Gemini's, but that was one of the hardest lessons. I can't be everything for everybody. I just did my first TikTok video last night. Go ahead, boy. The late, <laughs> only because I was listening to it and that shit just resonated with my, my soul. And she said, everybody gets a different version of me. Mm-hmm. Some people think I may have a heart of gold and other people think I may be an asshole. Uh, it's not that I treat anybody bad, but I treat people accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to properly displace my emotions, my feelings, my energy, my time, my fucking money, uh, and, and evenly disperse that as I see fit. And, and 
evenly dispersed. What I, I only got two hands. I only can be in one place at one time. Yeah. I can only be a friend to one person at a specific time. I can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was I just shredding myself thin as an artist, trying to be everything. And I've watched you all do it. I've watched other people do it, you know, and, and I just can't, I can't do that. And people ex- have expectations for you that they can't meet in their own life. Mm-hmm. So, I to keep up with expectations that you can't fulfill for you. And the moment you start making sure your cup is full and I can give you what flows over, I can give you that. But I have to make sure my cup is full. Or what what yeah. have I to give you? What quality have I to give you? Mm-hmm. That shit was real. I oh, put y'all, down to, y'all better catch y'all better catch them doorways opening. You better <laughs> catch that insight from those doors way that that whole twenty twenty one doorway that opened. You better start catching that 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 insight. That's what that was about. It wasn't about you gaining anything. It's about you re re getting in touch with it because you already had it. Well, but- you know, and, and it takes a catalyst. It yeah. takes sometimes it takes something to uh, <laughs> mother. Wait, I'm about to say I'm about to tell him. But anyway, it takes a catalyst mm-hmm. um, to come to, to to jog you into your purpose. Sometimes it takes that shift to see whether you sometimes you gotta be break, whether you break or whether you withstand it and push through. Because you need some stuff to shake you up to see just how powerful you really are. You needed all of that stuff to happen to you because it was at that moment it was supposed to. You were supposed to awaken. Because from this point on, you're ready for the challenges that's to come. You weren't Mm -hmm. ready at that moment, but you're ready now. And a lot of times we want to learn too fast. We got to take our times with growing, you know. And that's the problem with us. We grew too fast. And we didn't get of the lessons that was around us. We were looking for it from one another, but it's in the world around you. It's in the nature around you. And with that, this has been our maiden voyage cocktail social. I'm your host, Blue Waters. These are my socialites. And this is the Exposed Radio. And we'll see you next week at 7 p.m. What's your cocktail? What's your cocktail? Y'all was good.